from 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 to 12. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Good evening, everyone. How are we going? Oh, trouble. Thanks, Catherine. Propitiation is a hard word to say, I agree. Okay, let me pray. Dear God, we thank you for tonight. We thank you we come and worship you in this place. And I just pray right now that my words are your words uh, and that your Holy Spirit will move tonight. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to start tonight's message by watching a short clip. Enjoy. Oh, the, the, it's a bit dodgy, the like quality of it, but that's not my fault. It's YouTube's fault. How'd it go with that girl? Great. I'm going out with her tomorrow night. How'd it go with the cocktail, Frank? Great. Ate the entire platter. <laughs> Had to call in sick today. Didn't you call in sick yesterday? Hey, I work for Kruger Industrial Smoothing. We don't care, and it shows. You got open the mail here? Hey, at least I'm bringing something to this. Have you seen me? Nope. Ooh, something from Watley. See? You give and you get. This holiday season, a donation has been made in your name to the Children's Alliance. Oh, that's nice. I got him Yankee tickets. He got me a piece of paper saying I've given your gift to someone else. To a children's charity. Don't you see how wrong that is? Where's your Christmas spirit? An eye for an eye. Hey. Hey, check this out. I got to give uh, Christmas presents to everyone down at Kruger, so I'm pulling a Watley. A donation has been made in your name to the Human Fund. What is that? Made it up. <laughs> the Human Fund. Money for people. What do you think? It has a certain understated stupidity. I must confess, I have a bit of a reputation of being a bit of a George with gift giving. Put your hand up if you've heard of the five love languages. If you haven't, the five love languages are ways in which... Uh, people can show love or receive love from other people. So the five of them are gift-giving, physical touch, oh, now I'm struggling, quality time, acts of service, words of affirmation, thank you. Of those five, gift-giving is seventh on my list. I, gifts are great, yeah, thanks, but it's not the way that you can show me that you care. As a result of that... I'm not very good at then giving gifts to other people because I'm not wired that way. One of the gifts, though, that I think is the worst gift that you have to give is the obligation gift. Normally happens around Christmas time, normally happens with random relatives that you never see apart from at Christmas who are coming to an event and you know that they're going to give you a gift and you feel the obligation of you need to give them a gift in return. Yes? It, it, there's no good comes from this. You've got to try and work out how do you give a gift without seeming cheap, 
without going over the top, because then if you go over the top, then it might set a precedence then for future years. Like, no good comes from the obligation gift. And I think that the problem with the obligation gift is the fact that it's a should thing. You feel like you should do it, and therefore it changes the way that you view the gift. Anyone else out there like me? Yes? Oh, cool. Thank you. So three people. Now, it's not just gifts, though. I think it can be anything. You hear experts on the news and say, you know, you should eat vegetables and fruit and stuff. It's apparently good for you. You know, you, you should... Is it 10,000 steps to be active a day? You know, there's all these shoulds that we hear. And if you're like me, I fight the shoulds. All of you have been children, so I can guarantee you've heard your parents say this. And if you are a parent like me, I vowed I wouldn't say it and I've broken that promise. You've heard it said you should get on with your siblings. Correct? Ugh, have you met my brothers? Like, I'm sure deep down... Oh, I do, I do love them. But to get on with them all the time, like, really? You know, there's the should aspect that just sort of, I fight. You should study hard, I'm sure you've heard as well. Like, as soon as the should comes in, it just changes everything. Now, sometimes I actually think that we can sort of go in with this sort of obligation, should attitude with our relationship with God too. Um, reading the Bible is important because it's, we can learn about God, he can reveal himself uh, through what it says. But sometimes we turn that into a we should read it. Uh, it's good to pray. It's good to serve. Uh, it's good to give money to charity. It's good to come to church. But I think sometimes we can turn these things into shoulds that then change the way we approach them. Either to the point that we... Um, don't do them because we should do them and we're fighting against it or we do them but we don't do them in the spirit that they're intended throughout the last several weeks we've been going through the b series and looking at things like be zealous be prepared i can't help but look at those and and turn them into shoulds in my head that i should be zealous and i should be prepared Tonight we're looking at the topic of be loving, and I have to admit that I quickly turned this into a should be loving. Please keep your Bibles open, because it starts in verse 7, and it, John says, Beloved, let us love one another. I read a different version that said we must love one another. Now that's a massive should. At the time when John was writing this, he was writing it to a group of Christians that were really struggling. They had their church community, yet they were battling outside forces with these false teachers that were telling them that what they believed wasn't right, especially around the idea of uh, Jesus being the Messiah, the Son of God. These false teachers were saying that was rubbish. So these, this Christian community was really struggling. So John wrote to them this letter to encourage them to say, hey, stick hold of you know, what you believe in. And in addition to that, though, he also then encouraged them to love one another. I couldn't help but ask with my should brain on, why? Why do we have to love each other? I mean, some people are really hard to love. I'm sure that people have popped into your head about that you know who are hard to love. I'm sure that someone out there has actually got me in your head and you're not right. I'm sorry, you are right. You're not wrong. <laughs> but why should we love each other? John actually goes on further and says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. 
And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not, not love does not know God. So John's actually set up a situation here where there's essentially two alternatives. And it's a gauge, your actions were a gauge to what you believed in. So if you loved each other, then you knew God. And if you weren't loving of each other, then you didn't know God. Now, there are times when people will say, oh yeah, I know God, yet you don't see it in their actions. And we see examples of that in the Gospels where Jesus always gets stuck with Pharisees and saying, you guys say you know God, but your actions are not showing this. Matthew 23 is just one whole like can of slamming on the Pharisees of Jesus after I was saying, no, you're saying this, but you're doing that. You guys are hypocrites because you're saying you know God, but your actions are not showing what you say. Now, apart from the whole hypocrites aspect of that, I still don't think that John's yet got to the main reason of why. Why love? This short passage is actually part of a longer passage of about 14 verses. And in those 14 verses, I counted that love is said 27 times. 27 times in 14 verses. That's a lot of love. Why is that the case? And that's the case because of three short yet powerful words at the end of verse 8 that says, because God is love. Take time to let that sink in. Love is important here and loving each other is important because God is love. What that means is that everything that God does comes out of his character of love. Let's put it this way. What I want you to do is take that sentence, God is love, and actually remove the word God and insert somebody else's name in there. Could be mum, dad, brother, friend. Insert someone's name in there. After you put that in, is that sentence still true? Can you say, Mr. Greg is love? No, you can't. Because everything that I do does not come from a character of love. I can be loving, or you know, mum can be loving, but everything that someone does cannot come out of their character of love. I assessed this thinking about my children and said, could my children say that dad is love? They could say dad is loving because I love my children, but there are times when I don't show love in my actions or I get angry and frustrated by what they're doing because I'm irritated and I don't show love yet for God everything that he does comes out of his character of love when he's blessing us he's doing that from love when it says in the bible that he gets angry or when he's correcting our behavior God's doing that from his character of love because God is love If we know that God is love, then this should be our motivation to then love each other. The question, though, is, okay, if we understand what God is love, how does he show that love to us? Verse 9 says, In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. 
God is love, and he shows us this love through sending his son Jesus to come to earth, to die on the cross, to pay for our sins so that we can be forgiven and have a relationship with God. There are plenty of examples where this is mentioned throughout the Bible. John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever should believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Romans 5.6-8, for while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one should, would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. True love is shown from God through sending his son while we were still sinners, while we were still enemies with God. God came and showed us love first. This is not a Susie High School sort of love where it's like, oh, I'll love you if you love me back. God showed his love for us first. His love for us in sending his son to come and die on the cross for us. Now, this love comes at a great sacrifice. God gave up his one and only son, knowing that by sending him to earth would result in him dying would result in him taking our sins onto him. And we see it at the cross where Jesus calls out and says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The point in time where the relationship between God and Jesus that was perfect was broken because when God looked at him, all he saw was our sin. God's love comes at a sacrifice. I I love you guys, but I'm sorry, I'm not sacrificing my son for you. Yet God was willing to send his son to die for us. That's true love. In light of that, have you accepted this love? Do you know this God who was willing to sacrifice so much, willing to let his son come and die so that we could have our sins forgiven, so that we can again have a relationship with God. Do you know this God? Are you following him? As I reflected on this, I thought, well, I know this God, but am I following him? And I assessed my actions. I was like, are my actions showing God's love to others? Sometimes, but not all the time. Yet we have a great God and through his love, he has provided a way for our sins to be forgiven so that we can have a relationship with him. And as a result of that, we can then show his love to others. Verse 11 says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Don't be fooled here into turning this into a should. If we fully understand the love that God has shown us, then we should be in a situation where we cannot but show that same love to others. That it's almost like you cannot stop the dam once it's opened. We've thrown, well, I've thrown the word love around a fair bit tonight. And it's like, okay, so God's shown us great love through sending Jesus. And that as a result of our understanding of that, we then should love each other. Okay, okay. 
sounds a little bit like airy-fairy sort of, you know, love, love. What does that look like? A couple of practical ways that we can do this. First one is praying for other people. Uh, Paul wrote a letter to the Colossians and at the start, chapter 1, verse 9, he says, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. One way we can love each other is to pray for each other, but not just praying for them, actually telling other people that you're praying for them. Because that's what Paul did. He wrote them a letter and said, hey, we've been praying for you. People come and say to me, they go, oh, I know that you've got a few things on this week and I'll, you know, I've been praying for you. Thank you. That's a great way to show love to other people because it shows me that you care enough about me that you're going to stop. You're not only thinking about me, but you're actually praying to God for me. Thank you. That's a great way that we can show love to each other. It's encouraging. And that's also the next point that we can encourage each other hebrews 10 24 to 25 says and let us consider how to spur one another on to love and good deeds not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near 1 thessalonians 5:11. therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing we can love each other here by encouraging each other getting alongside each other when we see people that are having it a bit rough get along and say keep going you know god god loves you when you're seeing people that are stepping out in their faith for god get alongside them and saying i'm praying for you keep going you're doing a great job another way we can love each other is actually through setting sort of like a good example being a good model 1 Timothy 4.12 says, Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. We can love each other by actually following God and living our lives as an example to other people. Part of that, the implication of that, is we then need to know what a good relationship with God looks like, which means we need to be growing in our own relationship with God. So as I grow in my relationship with God, I'm actually showing you guys love because then I can better example what that looks like and that then together we can continue to grow. Does that make sense? So you guys can show love to other people by not being stagnant in your relationship with God. Continue to grow. And because that can then be an encouragement for other people. The fourth one I've got on the list there is by including others. Romans 15:7 says, "Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God." We can love other people by in being inclusive, being an inclusive community here. Enough of us cop enough rubbish from school and work and outside of here for being different and that sort of stuff. To then have to come here, this should be a safe haven for people to come to, that regardless of what's going on outside, that they know that they can come into our community here and they're accepted and they're loved. We shouldn't be a place here where we're clicky and keeping to ourselves. We should be a place where we include and accept everybody who comes through these doors. Now, that may mean that you need to go and speak to somebody who you wouldn't normally speak to, but that's part of loving each other and accepting everyone who comes here. The last one I've got on my list there is also practical help. Uh, 1 John 3:17 looks at this from the opposite. 
It says, but if anyone has the word world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Yet we see a positive example of this in Acts chapter 2. The Christian community has just been formed, and it says, starting at verse 45, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Man, that's love. These people were selling stuff that they owned because they saw someone else was in need and was going and giving that money to them. Man, that is practical love and way challenging at the same time. Now, you may look at some of the things on the list and go, they're hard. Well, yes, some of them are hard. Yet we're called to a high standard. 1 John 3.16 says, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. God has shown us great love through what Jesus has done on the cross. Knowing that, we are called to lay down our lives for others, for the other people that are part of our church community. What is the outworking of that? We see in verse 12, it says, No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. When we show God's love to each other, we're actually showing God's love not only here, but to our community. Our church community here should be so vastly different to what happens outside that people from the community around here look in and see us and go, man, those guys really love each other, and I want in. Our community here should be so different because of the way that we understand God's love and how we're showing that to others, that we should be appealing to the outside community because they can see the way in which we love each other and they want to be part of that. Let us go this week. Let us go with the knowledge that God is love, that he showed us great love through sending his son who came and died on the cross and was raised back to life so that we could have our sins forgiven and we can have a relationship with God. Go this week knowing that love of God and setting your mind to sharing that with each other. Let's go out this week and let's be loving. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for this passage that John wrote thousands of years ago, inspired by you. We thank you that in this passage, we see that you are a God of love, that everything you do comes from your character of love. We thank you that in that love, you sent your son to die for us, even when we were sinners and did not deserve it. We thank you for that expression of love. We thank you that through that love we can have a relationship with you and that we, knowing that, can share that love with others. Lord, we know sometimes that we do a pretty poor job of that. And Lord, we confess those times to you, but we thank you that you're a forgiving God. Help us this week to show your love to others. Help us this week to show your love to others in a way that helps other people outside of our church to see that we are different because we know you and follow you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.